Rosh Hashanah Rock Anthem. Happy New Year. Celebrating the creation of the world. We light these candles once a year for these Jewish holidays that are make up the foundation of Christianity. Celebrating the creation of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Please turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 23 verses 33 through 44 and do not ever let anybody tell you that you can unhitch yourselves as Christians from the Old Testament. That is impossible. Do not ever let anybody tell you that the Old Testament is not important. Without the Old Testament, we would not have the New Testament. We call it the New Testament for a reason, because there's a, an Old Testament. Glory be to God. And if you would take the time to read it, and if you are born again, if you are saved, you will get a whole lot from it, from the Old Testament alone. Leviticus chapter 23 verses 33 through 44, pardon me, the candle is still burning, even though we got some wind going on up in here. This passage, my friends, is about the Feast of Tabernacles as we are celebrating, if you will, the entire suite of holy days that happen in September and in October, Daniqua. So your month is just as blessed as uh, September. And uh, I thought it, they all landed solid, solidly in September. They don't. In fact, the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, which I'm talking about tonight, will not even begin this year. In other years, it's in September, but this year in October. But it's important that you understand these. The Holy Bible reads, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be an holy convocation. By the way, before you go to a holy convocation, you need to confess your sins, and you need to repent, and you need to slow down and give God honor, glory, and praise. Don't go into uh, any kind of holy convocation, including your church service, and you're not holy and clean, and uh, you have not confessed your sins to God based upon the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who has taken away the sins of the world. You must confess your sins and repent. And I believe with all of my heart, we, we have too, far too many so-called Christians who do not understand that. They have bought into a false doctrine that they can just do what they want to, and they just they they they're just 
they're covered. They're just covered no matter what they do. They have gotten mixed up on their position in in Christ as uh, as opposed to their uh, uh, sanctification in Christ and uh, how that you need to confess your sins every time you commit them and you do not want to get into a rote thing by just confessing sins that you are not really convicted about. You need to confess the sins you are convicted about. It could be something like the bad atti- a bad attitude. A bad attitude could be towards your family member. Hatred in your heart. Bitterness in your heart. A, in your words, a little white lie, or a little black lie, or a little brown lie, or a little red lie, or a little yellow lie, depending on what the color of your skin is, is all a lie. It doesn't matter. You you don't need to go into the house of God, and you certainly do not need to go uh, into communion with your sins not truly confessed. Uh, this. This idea that you just you you good to go, <laughs> just because of your position in Christ, that that is not biblical. This is an ongoing relationship, and uh, it's real. It's just as real as it can be. It's the really real. And if you offend God with your sins, your attitude, your rebelliousness, He wants you to deal with that. He wants you to confess your sins and he wants you to repent. And I don't see how you think you can go on if you're born again because the Holy Spirit of God is going to convict you on the inside instantaneously, immediately. And it's not going to go away until you deal with it. I don't know what you're talking about, you people. Coming out of the prosperity gospel, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who taught you that. It must have been the devil. Anyway, ye shall do no servile work therein. In fact, right now, you ought to confess your sins. If you're saved. And I guarantee you that if you're saved, you got some sins to confess. I mean, you're convicted of some sins. See, see, one of the reasons why you people are not happy who claim to be saved It's because you don't confess your sin. You let your sins pile up. You're, you're, you're so stinking proud. You, you resist confessing your sins. Make sure that's on low. You're just so proud. Yes, there are people who are proud. So proud even against God. They don't want to admit that they're wrong to God Almighty. And God Almighty and Jesus. And the Holy Ghost and the angels. And there are some other people who know that they're wrong. And they still won't confess. Now that, that's a. That's, that's some serious pride. It, just like I saw a story today. You talk about hatred. A man drove his new wife to a graveyard. You hear me? Listen to me. It's going to be gross, but listen to me. His ex-wife that I believe he divorced... I think the thing said 48 years ago. He hates that woman so much and he hated that woman so much. He would leave feces on the grave. And then his children were trying to figure out who would do this to their mother. And so they set up a camera and caught their father pulling out his penis and pissing on the grave. 
That's a biblical word, so don't worry about it. Okay? You sweet evangelicals. While his other wife sat in the car and watched. Now, dear friend, that's, that's, that's real hatred right there. That's, that's hatred I've never felt, I've never known in my life, and I thank God. I, I don't know that, I don't know anything about that. This is a real story, a true story. And this pride that you have that prevents you from confessing your sins and admitting that you are wrong, when you know you're wrong and you know you have done uh, wickedness and evil in God's sight, is a deep pride. And I know some people who have that kind of pride. They can be caught red-handed and will not admit they're wrong. With the cookie... One cookie in one hand and one cookie being chewed in their mouth. They'll look at you straight in your face and tell you a bald-faced lie that they did not steal the cookies. The devil is a lie. So before you partake of his service, honor God, respect God enough to clean yourself up. It's not so much taking a shower, but you do need to do that as well. There are many people who go days without taking a shower and stinking. They don't smell themselves, but other people do. Uh, and, and God wants you to take a shower and, and, and clean yourself up on the outside too before you gather with the people of God. But more importantly, even if you don't take the shower, take a shower on the inside through the blood of Christ and get your heart, mind, soul, and spirit cleansed through the blood of Christ. That's all free. Seven days, the Bible says, ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord on the eighth day shall be an holy convocation unto you and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. Okay, this is not jam jam boogie boogie party time. It's a solemn assembly. You need to be serious. You need to be humble and you need to confess your sins and repent. And ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything upon his day beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your free will offerings, which ye give unto the Lord. Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord, seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. 
and ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving us so much. We have an interest, a sincere interest, in the foundation of our faith. Christianity, set on top of the Jewish faith, your holy Old Testament. Lord, it is the most beautiful thing on this earth, the Judeo-Christian impact. And uh, Lord, thank you for allowing us to celebrate these holy days, particularly as uh, as to how they connect to our Christian faith and to Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Holy Father God, hallowed be your name tonight. I praise you and I thank you for this magnificent day that you have given to us, the earlier service, the rest, the relaxation, uh, to prepare us in all that we have worked on and all that we have done uh, leading up to this service. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for all of my children who have contributed uh, to the services this morning and tonight and who have waited patiently for us to return. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the people who are gathered on around the world. And we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for allowing us to be here. I praise you, Holy Father God in heaven, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. A love so deep that you will chastise us and rebuke us uh, when you need to, to protect us from ourselves and others and the devil and destruction. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit and the gift of your Holy Word and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. I thank you for the reading of your Holy Word tonight. I thank you, Lord, uh, for your servant, Dr. John McNeil, Jr., a man you have used to impact the world in multiple ways. And uh, because of your using him in my life, I understand the power of your holy word and not the power of a title for he showed me in his humble way in preaching that the power is in your holy word you showed it to me through your holy spirit and he uh, helped with that 
and I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. And I praise you and I thank you uh, tonight for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical uh, blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord, every time this year. Lord, we celebrate the history of our faith with these lighted candles, apples and honey, apple cake, Jewish chicken, Jewish foods, and drink. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for allowing us uh, to do that. And Lord, I thank you for the Jewish wine, kosher wine as well. And uh, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the privilege to do this. And Holy Father God, as you had me to talk about in the reading of the scriptures, help all of us who name the name of Christ to confess our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins before you, <clears throat> before your throne of grace. For Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us of our sins for those of us who are saved in my family and in this country and around the globe, forgive us of our sins. Our failures and our faults, wash and cleanse our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. And help us, Lord, not to live a life of sinning and confessing, sinning and confessing, sinning and confessing. For Lord, you said in your word, if you love me, keep my commandments. Help us to keep your commandments that are found in your word and that your Holy Spirit directs us to do. Crucify, Lord, our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh within us. And help us not to walk in the flesh, but to walk in the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Put God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments, that we would not sin against you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Lord, for those who are saved in my family and in this country and around the globe, Deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right. Helping us, Lord, to remember, contrary to the false teaching of today, that love must be tough sometimes. And Holy Father God, help us to remember that and to practice that for if we don't we will not be practicing your kind of love and Holy Father God I pray that you will grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to think right do right act right and do that which is pleasing in your sight for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory and uh, help us to understand more about your kingdom. Uh, through my youngest son helping me in the ministry today, we read together Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 through 17. As you know, Lord, earlier in the earlier service, and you reminded me of your kingdom and how that you operate 
you have chosen to operate not through democracy we don't vote for the king but through lineage uh, you gave us the history of the birth of the Son of God the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and you showed me and reminded me of how important your kingdom is and how that you've chosen to operate and to bring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into this world to serve this world by suffering and bleeding and dying on the cross for our sins this sin-cursed world which Lord of course you would have been justified in throwing the whole earth into hell but I thank you for your holy word uttered by your holy son Jesus Christ for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and uh, Holy Father God I pray that you will help those of us who are saved in my family in this country and around the globe to humble ourselves tonight to pray to seek your face to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love <clears throat> and Holy Father God I pray for the salvation of the lost religious and lost including my own wife Marika White and others in my own family on both sides like so many others and as I was as well religious church-going were lost and to so many of these people you will say one day if they don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent I never knew you you workers of iniquity as they will be depending upon their works in the church which they thought were good and so Holy Father God open blinded eyes tonight unstop deaf ears and have your Holy Ghost and however you do it and whoever you use to do it Lord open the eyes in the words of Dr. John McNeil a million souls to hear the gospel and to be saved and Holy Father God I pray that you would revive those of us who are saved heal those who are sick comfort those who are grieving and mourning and Holy Father God I pray that you will deliver us today uh, and lift up lift our burdens cares worries and anxieties troubles problems and fears from our feeble hearts and minds, souls, and spirits. For we cannot handle the things going on in this world without you. For those of us who are saved in my family, in this country, and around the globe, give us your peace that passeth all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart, and help us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and help us to watch and pray as you told your disciples thus us as well who are saved watch and pray that you enter not into temptation for the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and Holy Father God I pray tonight that you would deliver us for as I told my, all of my children this morning from your holy word all things are possible with God deliver us Lord tonight miraculously from all of our distresses and afflictions tribulations troubles trials temptations tests and tensions deliver us Lord tonight 
from all of our spiritual and uh, mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we are facing. And at the same time, Lord, thank you for remembering mercy, love, and grace while chastising your church, rebuking your church, and uh, punishing for the good of everybody so that the lost would get saved and the Christians would get right. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will bless and... Uh, uh, protect my family tonight and all other families that are participating tonight and listening some on the live podcast some on the live Facebook and YouTube and Gospelite House of Prayer and BCNN One and Gospelite Society and go to church online wherever they might be listening tonight uh, Lord, help them to understand the gospel and to be saved. And if they're saved, to do right by you. And Lord, I pray for my family and all other Christian families in this country and around the globe that name the name of Christ. Protect us all. And I pray by name for all of my children, Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, Danielle, Elizabeth, Duran, Danielle, and Quasia. And Lord, uh, thank you for blessing me with so many children that I was able to name two of my children the same name but with different spelling. Well, four of my children that way with a different spelling. Thank you for that privilege and that blessing. And uh, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would protect them in a special way. And I pray for all of the children of the older saints in the same way in this audience across the country and around the globe. And I pray that you would protect us from ourselves, our flesh and the devil and the demons of hell and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. And uh, wash and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Help us to uh, do what we do. All for your glory, praise, and honor, Holy Father God. And for the lifting up of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. Now the meaning of the Feast of Tabernacles. Sukkot. The Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is also called Sukkot, which is the Hebrew word for booths or tents. The Jewish people constructed makeshift tents just as the Israelites while roaming in the desert for the feast to commemorate their liberation from Egypt by the hand of God. This joyful holiday is a recognition of God's salvation, God's provision, God's sheltering them and trustworthiness. The Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day autumn celebration honoring the 40-year pilgrimage of the Israelites in the desert. Let me say here that do not poo-poo on the bad times of your life because if you are saved like the Israelites are doing here you're going to look at those rough and tough and difficult times 
with great joy because God has taught you so much through them. This is why I never concern myself with my children having to sacrifice growing up. Uh, because I know if they're born again and I led them to the Lord at the age of seven on their birthday, uh, one day they will look back and say, you know what, it wasn't really that bad. In fact, I learned so much and I appreciate what I have now and I'm willing to work hard for it and enjoy it as my dad did, my papa did. He enjoyed the many blessings that God bestowed upon us, even the small things, the little things. And this was not the American way, but for security purposes, in the many different places we lived, uh, for the most part, we all slept in the same room. And uh, the uh, and things were kind of tight sometimes. But things like that will help you to. And, and what I, you know, what I tell my children now, my grown children. I say lovingly, we really don't have to have a whole bunch of gatherings now that you're grown. Why? Because I was with you every day. You know how I think. You know what I'm going to say about things. You know what I believe. And you, you are free to live your life the way God wants you to lead it and live it. Uh, you're not free to do evil, but you can. And I don't want to be involved with it. Uh, and uh, we, so, uh, as far as I am concerned, because we spent every day of the year together every year for many, many years, decades, oftentimes in the same room. Uh, and we talked about everything. I talked about everything to them and shared everything with them. They've heard me preach the gospel several times a day, preach the word several times a day, every day for years. I was their principal in homeschooling. They went to college from home. You say, well, how's that working? Well, it seems to work out great. My oldest daughter's probably a millionaire close to it. When you add up her net worth. And she's barely 30 years old. She's able to help me help the other children get to where they need to be. Allowing me to, uh, even though I'm not retired, to live uh the retired life like the white folks and I'm only 62 but we don't have to gather uh, together every year we don't have to meet up every chance we get we don't and nobody needs to stop by every other day every other week none of that you know why it's time for you to live your life you live your life with me growing up by the grace of God through school and through college and we really don't have that much to talk about and I've, I've told my children that that unless we're talking about the ministry that we did together which is the greatest thing we ever did together and your accomplishments and your dreams and places you've been and stuff like that, we really don't have much to talk about. Because I taught you and trained you in a certain way. And it's up to you whether or not you're going to live that out. Whether or not you're going to live out God's Word.
And so this celebration that the Jews have every year, it was not fun when they were going through it. When they literally had to make the booths to live in, it was rough going. 40, 40 years in the wilderness. And God intentionally had that to happen because of their disobedience, their lack of faith in him, their foolishness and their behavior. That's not fun. Those are not fun days. But isn't it amazing that after a while, by and by, you look back on it and you say, you know what? It wasn't as, uh, it wasn't that bad. And we learned a lot from it. And now guess what? We're going to celebrate that which was so painful. So don't, don't frown on your difficult days. And one thing I know about true born-again Christians, God gives them that uncanny ability, especially those who are called by God to do a special work. Like Paul, to enjoy your in, uh, afflictions, to enjoy your infirmities. And <clears throat> uh, I know of people in my family who have a spirit of complaining and whining. And it comes from both sides of my family. One side of the family, my mother's side, is more blatant. And, uh, you know, uh, out there, loud, boisterous. Another side is slick. That's my side of the family. Uh, they, and I think, is just as uh, detrimental. It's, it's, it's seething underneath kind of a thing. But God does not want us to be that way. Complaining and whining and mad about everything, bitter about everything. Not as Christians. No matter what family you come from. I don't care if you're from Jamaica. Uh, you got Indian blood on both sides of your family like I, like I do. It doesn't matter. I don't care what kind of blood you have. If, you, if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you do not uh, have to act that way. You can, in fact, enjoy even the persecution and negativity of your own family members and be thanking God for it and be happy in Jesus and shock the daylights out of them how that you still through Jesus Christ love love them and greet them with love and not manage you about anything at the same time if you want to be argumentative they don't want to have much to do with you either and feed you out of a long handle spoon we're honoring Dr. John McNeil Jr. tonight and uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, a man that God used in my life. I, I, my eyes welled up in tears as I remembered how God used him in my life. We honored him before, but we're permanently honoring him now on Black Christian News. Dot com, a publication that I founded and, and am the president of and owner of. We've honored Dr. Billy Graham, we've honored Dr. Charles Stanley, we've honored Dr. Tony Evans, and now we're honoring Dr. John McNeil Jr. He is still living, the pastor of Pastor Emeritus now of the Atlanta Bible Baptist Church. I would venture to say that Dr. Tony Evans would not be where he is without him, and I wouldn't be where I am without him. That's how, just how God uses his people. It's amazing how he does that. But something that he taught me, and I included it in the honor tonight, he taught me not to waste my time trying to convince proud, stubborn, rebellious people to do right because they're not going to listen. He taught me that. Don't waste your time. And so 
it's best to let them go and learn it the hard way. All you're going to do is have a heart attack trying to help people. And they're going to pull you down. Just those who would listen, tell them something. Those who don't, don't even. And you can pretty much tell by looking at them. That's another thing he taught me. You can pretty much, you can pretty much tell by looking at them. So don't frown on your bad days and difficult times, and and don't don't and watch this, black people. Don't frown on the bad times in your history. Celebrate what God did through it. White folks were wrong in buying us, and black folk were wrong in selling us. That's just the reality. The homosexual Don Lemon was shocked when a white woman said, uh, I do believe reparations should be paid, but it needs to start with the kings of Africa. Because England was trying to stop the slave trade while they would leave their captives on the beach in cages. Uh, those captives were our ancestors too. It's not just the white man. It was the black man too. They sold us to the white slaveholders. They enriched themselves through selling their brethren. Okay? So don't get all up in arms about that. Be thankful for what God did. I believe that I am born again and saved. I'm not saying I could not have gotten born again and saved in Africa, particularly in this day and time. Uh, but I got saved through some white folks down in Mississippi, of all places, when I was in the Air Force. And it was interesting to hear that Dr. John McNeil Jr., he didn't get saved in the Air Force, but he, God called him to preach in the Air Force. I never knew that about him. He never told me that. That was shocking to me. But uh, don't get all bent out of shape. And don't get mad at black Africans and don't get mad at white folk for participating in the slave trade. Thank God for the good that has come out of it. The greatest country in the world was created through all of that. And I have benefited from it, quite frankly. I love the fact, even to this day, even after the plague, and my hat is off to HEB, my hat is off to Kroger's, my hat is off doubly to Walmart. They came through the most difficult time in American history and they, they pretty much kept uh, necessary things on the shelves. And I thank God that I live right around the corner from all three of them in a small city. You hear what I'm saying? You know why I thank God? Because I've been around the world. Do you hear me? Be thankful. Give God the glory, praise, and honor. All things work together for the good. That's your verse. Remember that and stop this whining and complaining. And thank God for the good that has come out of it. The same descendants of the racist white people who enslaved my ancestors. God touched the heart of Dr. Bill Riddick in Mississippi, southern Mississippi, as far as you can go south. Meaning the church was right here on the highway. You crossed the highway. You walked down uh, maybe half a mile, a quarter of a mile, and boom, there's the beach. There, there's the ocean. There's the gulf, rather. You can't get any more southern than that. For years, they kept black folks out. And then God gave him a burden about starting a church to reach the black community. And I got saved through that ministry. Got baptized in the white folks church. 
when there was a time they would kill, they would lynch a Negro for even thinking about being baptized in their church. But I'm grateful. I'm thankful. In fact, I cut my teeth on some old bluegrass white folk singing called the Inspirations. I mean, that they from the hills, Jack. You got to be saved to like the Inspirations, man. You got to be born again. I mean, they are true white hillbillies. But I didn't care about that when I got saved. All I... Uh, now, I was used to confunction, P-Funk, Parliament, uh, you know, all of that, right? That flashlight, the Isley Brothers, Brick House, that's what I was coming out of. And for me to get saved, for me to love the inspirations, Jack, you know I got saved. I got born again, man. And they had the twang with it, and they still do. But anyway, along with the Passover, along with Passover and the Festival of Weeks, uh, Sukkot is one, uh, Sukkot rather, is one of the three notable pilgrimage feasts found in the Bible, the Word of God, when all Jewish men were expected to come before the Lord in the temple in Jerusalem. The ceremony was a reassurance that God had vowed to send a light. Remember that, that's going to be very important in a minute here, to restore Israel's glory. I'm I'm so excited about this point that I, I I'm tempted to tell you what it's about. To restore Israel's glory, deliver them from bondage, and renew their joy. This was the connection for Jesus Christ saying, "I am the light of the world." Bam! There it is. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's what Jesus Christ said. The Feast of Tabernacles celebrates a future time when God will again tabernacle with us on earth. When Jesus appears and renews all things, glory be to God. I look forward to that day. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more death, Glory be to God. Imagine that. Think about that. Because there'll be no more sin, there'll be no more death. For the wages of sin is death. Now when you take away, okay, you take away sin, you take, uh, death goes away. When death goes away, guess what else goes away? Mourning. Or mourning. Along with mourning is what? Crying. No more! Morning, no more crying because there's no more death, because there's no more sin or pain. Now, he's not talking about the pain that you can cure with medicine. There is a pain deep down in the soul, son and daughter, that you cannot heal with aspirin and Tylenol or Motrin or any other. I don't care if it's morphine. You know what many people are doing today? They're trying to kill a pain that can't be killed. That's why they're taking all kinds of drugs. People have been taking so many drugs, Adderall, they have run out. 
Do you hear me, people? They have run out of a drug that people take to try to kill a pain in their spirit and in their soul and in their mind that cannot be uh, healed through over-the-counter medicine or prescription medicine. Now you can buy some stuff, you can get some stuff from the doctor that can knock you out, but when you wake up, that pain is still there. But one day there'll be no more pain if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in this life. For the old order of things has passed away. Glory be to God in the highest. Do you know the light of the world, my dear friends? His name is Jesus Christ. And he said these loving, magnificent, and the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ preached the gospel first and best. Nobody can outdo him. What you just heard is what you need to do to be translated from the hell you're going to, to heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And one day you'll go to a place where there's no more death because there's no more sin and no more mourning and crying and pain because there's no more death because nothing can break you down in multiple ep episodes of crying from the gut like death. If you want to escape all of that and be with God forever and be with Jesus Christ forever in a place where there's no more sin, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying and no more pain, I think you need to get on the good ship Zion by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Believe in Jesus Christ. Call upon his name, for the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want to be saved right now, dear friend, yes, it is that simple. You do not have to join a church. You do not have to shake the bishop's hand. You do not have to do any work in the church. You do, you do not have to pay any money or give a $1,000 seed offering or any, anything like that. You don't have enough money to pay for this salvation and you don't have enough time to work for this salvation. It is a free gift from God Almighty. And all you have to do is receive it by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for your sins, who paid your sin debt, who was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God Almighty because he is the Son of God which means that he is God. If he is the Son of God, then he is God. That's why the Jews killed him. Because they knew that if he was the Son of God, that he is saying that he is God. So believe in the Son of God today. Follow me in prayer as we pray the sinner's prayer. Mean it from your heart. Believing in your heart in Jesus Christ. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For I have broken your Ten Commandments through lying through stealing, 
through lusting, through disrespecting my parents, through dishonoring your name by taking your name in vain, and many other sins. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and my spirit. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered and bled and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. By your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit, the light of the world, and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change and help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer with me, if you believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, no, you cannot see him. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. But one day you, you will see him. Uh, but you can believe in him. And if you did that, uh, according to the Bible, the word of God, you are now saved by the grace and mercy and love of God. Not because you earned it, not because of anything that you have done, by, but simple faith in Jesus Christ. And don't worry about the records. God keeps the record. If he can create people to create Google who know everything about you. If God can create people who can create Alexa. Who can talk back to you. And not even be a real being. If God can create people who can track every site you go to uh, God can keep the records of those who have gotten saved so don't worry about that he knows what you did in your heart and so uh, to grow in the faith and to become stronger in your newfound faith please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my free book it's a free download uh, titled what to do after you enter through the door Jesus Christ said not only he is the light of the world but he is the door to salvation if you will you have just entered in through the door now you need to know what to do this little book will help you step by step take the next steps to get you going in the right direction in Christ. Also email us at dw3 at Gospel Light Society or whatever email is on your platform. We, pe we have people around the clock ready to receive your email, pray for you, put you on our prayer list, answer your questions, send you more information if you need it. And uh, they'll be glad to do that. We're here for you. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So send in your prayer request. And we will pray for you. Until you tell us to stop. So until next time, my beloved. Make sure that you pray without ceasing. At this time, we're going to listen to some Jewish music, music 
God bless you until next time. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow.